0: (laughs) Testing. Checking. Yes! Let's go!
1: your boy, Chef Josh. Welcome to The Family Cast. Food and music is life. Yes, I'm excited for today's episode. I'm not going to say much right now besides thanks for listening. I'm Chef Josh. This is my podcast. I am a punk chef. This is a punk chef podcast. It's all about food and music pairings. So I brought my buddy, old friend, old punk legend, Brian Gray, from Chicago by way of California, the blamed, the satire, left out living sacrifice a bunch of other stuff um we're gonna get into it i'm not gonna talk much and he's got some new music coming out so it was a perfect time to have him on Uh, be sure to follow me on instagram at the family cast and also there's a little contest going on with grumpy chef knives um check check my latest post on the family cast for the contest it's going to be ending soon so make sure you get on get on that so you get some free knives from me and the folks at grumpy chef shop all right um i'm gonna tell you some more after the episode because i want to get right into it because brian's got some fun stuff to tell you my listeners amigos y familia i'm gonna play a little snippet of their new single which is an old single but they redid it it's called separation from their first album 21 um enjoy this little snippet and then you know let's dig in everything everyone needs to get their stuff everywhere so somebody's got to yeah, take it.
2: I, Well I worked in the music industry for 15 years yeah and then covid shut it down I was showing you I made sure I I represented for the Oh market. wow oh wow yeah.
1: <laughs> thanks um I guess I kind of am but this is a this is actually a a local Chicago pizzeria actually oh, they, make nice. a, they make a cheesy beef garlic bread so CBGB, we call it,
2: nice. but
1: <laughs> that's funny. I, I
2: grew up eating Chicago dogs with my dad, John from California as well. Yeah. I grew up eating those in the Bay area.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay. We should talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, we should just get right into it then. Cause yeah, before we spoil all the stories ahead of time. Right. <laughs> um. Let's see. So I'm at thirty. okay, we'll start. You got your water. We're ready. I got my water. We got your okay. I got my coffee and my water, so we're gonna roll. <laughs> oh, red cup, solo red cup. It's party now. Um.
2: My kid, when he comes <laughs> over. Will he, he visits rarely? But he will fill up every. He won't wash his own dishes, uh-huh. and he'll fill up every weird thing you can put liquid in because he won't wash them. So finally, <laughs> like I'm, I'm not super earth first, but I am like aware of my carbon footprint. So. I'm sure. like, I try not to buy plastic stuff
1: mm-hmm.
2: but i'll buy the dang solo cups for just, my kid they just they'd <laughs> last forever just
1: write his name on it and leave it on the counter <laughs> that it's a party um well hello good morning ladies and gentlemen i'm sitting here with old time friend compatriot and fellow musician brian gray who you may know from such bands as the blamed the satire left out
2: who else brian what else are you in <laughs> you really want me to tell you <laughs> is there more i don't know <laughs> I got my start playing in Mortal. Oh, that's right. In yeah, yeah. Ninety-three. Mm-hmm. I played in six feet deep for a year. Um, they, yeah. So, but Yeah. I had no idea. We knew each other.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we met. We must have met like maybe if maybe two or three years after that because yeah. Um, uh, I think The Blamed, I think I met you. You played in San Diego one time, like way back when 21 was just coming out, and uh, like in Oceanside or something like that. And it was on the Friends friends Comp. Um, for Help something. us amongst friends. Yeah, 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 Help us amongst friends. Legendary compilation. Um, I love that comp. That's how I learned about a lot of bands. And The Blamed was on there. And I was like, ooh, I got to find out about this band, blah, blah, blah. Turns out you, you were from California, then you went to Chicago, right? Yep. And here we are today. But there's a lot of stuff in between there, obviously. Um <laughs> I had to have you on because some would say that you're a legend in the scene, but also it seems like you just you just love music in general, you go? Know? You're like
2: I do love music, yeah. You love the other you if you're having Zach on this episode, he's the real legend. So
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess everyone's a kind of a legend in their own right in in certain yeah. ways. Um, but you know, you you're also st- you stage managed at cornerstone for a long time. That's kind of how we got to know each other a little bit better. Cause it seemed like every time we played, you were on the
2: stage we were doing. <laughs> yes. No, that's, that's my memory of, of Dogwood. I, I know we played shows together, but it's really mostly cornerstone.
1: Yeah. And so it was, a, it was, um, Every year, I got to see. It. So I got to see you at least once a year. Yeah, <laughs> right. We didn't always get to tour together, but um, that's also maybe you know. I mean, we weren't always label mates either. I know you were on a couple of different labels too. Yeah. Um, but for with the first two maybe or three on Tooth and Nail, and then going to Gur, right?
2: Yeah. Grrr. That was just the, the label my church had.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Um, but they, they did a few records with that
2: with under yes. that
1: imprint, right? So. Yeah. Um, that was good. So, but yeah, and you were in the blame the whole time right it yeah, was always kind of the only original memory. you were always you were always in the blame i know there was a few different iterations um yeah. and i and i think i met most of the iterations but um so i think how would you even describe the blame now is it would you say it's post punk or um kind of like cuz i think i can think of a few bands that you remind
2: me of um i'm just like, gonna make funny i did my homework and listened last night to the episode with you and matthew <laughs> from subsist and yeah i listened to the one with you and mogan like episode one. Oh wow okay but just because i work with mogan sometimes so you like doing music after. stuff yeah yeah like production work mm-hmm. um post metal just kidding yeah but, um, <laughs> no i don't know is what's what's very interesting in the blame if from my lens is i never i play the same thing Mm -hmm. constantly throughout the records Mm -hmm. but the the band's constantly evolving so i never feel like i'm really changing much it's really the other guys
1: okay okay so you're you're the constant you're the the common denominator
2: well like how you said in one episode like i love stretch armstrong Mm -hmm. so a lot of times i'm like these are my stretch armstrong parts and then (laughs) whatever else does with them like whatever
1: yeah exactly you you they they know uh what you uh
2: can bring are you and th- is there two singers now um i don't sing singers? anymore because i lost my voice um, Gotcha. but okay. there was on the last record jeff sang a third of the record and then live he would sing all the old frail stuff anyways because i can't sing that fast and then um <laughs> so because well jeff grew up listening to like hip-hop and stuff got it so, like when Jeff does karaoke, he'll get up and do rap songs and it's hilarious, you know, because. Yeah. A, but, but yeah, he, um, so he's really doing most of the vocals these days.
1: Mm-hmm. Are you, um, what do you mean you lost your voice? Like, like kind of more permanently,
2: medically? Or? I have a paralyzed vocal cord. From singing? I think I lost it at a Bone Thugs and Harmony concert. No joke. That's the way to but, go. That's the way yeah, to do it. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I worked in music production for 15 years, yeah, pre the pandemic.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Were, were, you with, I, um,
1: were you with a certain venue or just any, any yeah, venue? Okay, it was
2: a large, it was most primarily country music venue in hmm. Chicago. And then they, but they would do, uh, because they had a huge venue when okay. they both had a dive bar and a huge venue. And the, the huge venue would have every now and then like a Bone Thugs and Harmony show.
1: And that's the that's how you lost it. And then, yeah, Well,
2: so. the show was just out of control. As far as like, um, I'm trying to think of the right I would say it. Just nobody wanted to follow the guidelines. <laughs> oh, and so it was just a giant mess.
1: I've seen shows like that. Yeah, from uh, I've seen it. It's funny too because I've seen that in like even in genres like light country or stuff that's not you wouldn't yeah. think is like even if it's like an indie show if it's like if it's too crazy and people aren't listening it can it can really suck for the people working. <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, he was, it was only... he was a third-party promoter, Oh. And we just didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. So he he was just doing things that eventually, once we realized, however many tickets he gave away to get on stage, it was just it was too late. Too many,
1: too many. We got <laughs> oh man. Um, so so take me back into your musical history, like getting you into. Uh, I know you're, you're an elder statesman now in the, in the punk rock world, but, um, who are some of the bands like you were listening to as you started your musical journey into to punk rock and hardcore? Cause I know you, 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 know, some of the blame songs are pretty hardcore too. So, um, let's go back to, you know, what got you there?
2: My first concert ever was Huey Lewis in the news. So good. And Stevie Ray Vaughn opened for him.
1: That's a lot of blues. That's a lot
2: of blues yeah. right there. It was, it was a fun time. Uh-huh. I was in Monterey. And california then, um, yeah okay and then but from there like i do my next concert my parents were deadheads so like mm. my i was surrounded by music like my dad would wake up saturday morning with his old school record player big speakers right playing the beatles playing the dead
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, i had the, the popeye movie soundtrack with robin williams uh yeah. would crank that up sometimes and so i just as a kid i thought it was a great movie yeah. i mean as an adult i think it's a great movie but for different reasons
1: <laughs> It's but, pretty wacky it's a pretty
2: wacky movie yeah but you know think of how kind of artistic that movie is comparatively i mean it's busy yeah. far off from what Wes sanderson does these days
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know it's it, so anyways, but I had a soundtrack and as a kid, you sang along and, mm-hmm. and then, um, I love the yellow submarine. So my dad would put that on all the time. Yeah. But then I'm, um, and it would trick me into going to dead shows my whole life. So like, <laughs> well, cause they would play at this place called shoreline. You, you yeah. lived in the Bay area for a while, right?
1: I did. Yeah. And know shoreline. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, they would say like, Hey, it's mother's day. We're going to go on a picnic. Oh no! (laughs) But I would go, okay, and I didn't realize it meant we had lawn seats at Shoreline for the Grateful Dead, so I was like constantly duped into going to dead (laughs) shows. Yeah, But from there, I I was going to church when I was in high school. I met a kid, took me to church, Mm -hmm. and um, through that church, they took me to an altar voice concert.
1: Altar voice, okay.
2: Yeah, and that was just kind of my first steps into Christian music Mm -hmm. and from there it was like Alter Boys, Undercover, mm-hmm. Nobody Special, Vengeance Deliverance. Right, right. Uh, yeah. into the thrash stuff and then But the that. Crucify was always my favorite of all those bands. Totally. Totally.
1: Yeah. They're um one of a kind. And is is Jim drumming with you right now? Yeah. Okay. You're so you're so lucky to have uh be be playing together. Um he's a super good. Um but but Alter Boys, they are also like they kind of crossed over, right? They they were accepted in all scenes, like as a, a kind of punk, in, at least in California, right?
2: Yeah, well, it just it was more of a timestamp, you know. Like mm-hmm. Christian music didn't probably have a punk band maybe then, right? Or if the, they did, it was really obscure, like the Crucified demo tapes, Yeah, something yeah, yeah. I didn't have access to. KGB. So, yeah, <laughs> so you're talking, then you go to an altar boy show, and really they're like the first Sex Pistols is. It's kind of a rock vibe. Mm-hmm. but it's noisy and loud mm-hmm. obnoxious to your parents <laughs> yeah a lot of my parents
1: heard it and were like the hell is this you know get, out, get this out of my stereo
2: you know yeah um, but it wasn't because it was punk rock i think it was my dad just didn't understand like they sing about god like <laughs> so he's like is it gospel music right Yeah. the grateful dad would do gospel music sometimes sure so, yeah it was just me trying to negotiate with my father. So they're just it's just like the dead, but faster, a lot faster.
1: <laughs> and they're not singing yeah. about maybe they're not singing about the same things, but whatever. Whatever, dad. <laughs> and then you started playing yeah. yourself. And then uh, when was the blames for show?
2: Um I'm trying to close my calendar, sorry. Here's That's what okay. I do it. The um the blames for show was probably, I'm going to guess around 90, but okay. like maybe the eighties. Um, I opened for Morel's forest, mm-hmm. which I've talked about. It's not the Ohio one. The original Morel's forest was Ronnie from joy electric. And, um, well, that wasn't a blank show. It was my being for the blame. I'm sorry. My okay. first blame shows were, it were kind of at Kilman street actually.
1: Oh, Gilman um, Street. Yeah. Berkeley. Yeah. We
2: were in the Gilman culture a little bit. So,
1: okay. So, you, so the blame actually started in East Bay. Yeah. Our Bay Area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How long before you moved out of there?
2: In, well, I joined Mortal in 93. I kind of stopped doing my bands just a little bit here and there because Mortal was like legit, I guess, you know, yeah. serious. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. And the funny thing is, um, I mean, man, I'll take you to the history, but Brandon Ebel worked for frontline intense records right yeah who put the mortal record out Mm -hmm. and i Mm -hmm. played on the live ep they did and uh so that's i met brandon gotcha and then when he was starting tooth and nail when i would go to play with mortal i would stay with um rob walker who's the singer of wish for eden yeah yeah and uh, rob was also in mortal my first concerts Okay. My first two Mortal shows were with Rob Walker, and then he was quitting. And then, um, so when he signed to Tooth and Nail, there's like this story they've talked about online now, uh, Rob had to go meet with, I think, Mike Knott, Uh and Mike Knott was like posing as the Tooth and Nail guy.
1: Yeah, because he has the
2: cred. (laughs) Well, and because Frontline was a conflict of interest with brain.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, re- I think that's might have been where i met you though because mortal played in san diego and i remember i met um uh was it gyro and jerome yeah um <clears throat> i remember like our guitar player was like dude he's got this move he's got these cool moves and like you know the <laughs> he like he, you know he gets down on his he jumps to his knee or something like that i couldn't i don't remember what he said but <laughs> but he, then he played me the tape the mortal tape and i was like oh that's really cool it's like kind of reminds me of cuz I was listening to uh you know other um stuff besides punk and hip hop I was you know mortal reminded me of like ministry or like yeah. uh, um you know jesus built my hot rod era stuff um I was like this I is love really cool channels, so that was my same yeah, exactly. Yeah, that kind of uh, what uh, industrial post goth. You know, yeah, <laughs> I like saying post because I always think that you know I I feel like mu- as musicians we're allowed to change, and um, we can still say we're punk, but it's a little bit different, right? It's <laughs> it's yeah. folk. So I, I I thought I was making up that term post metal with Matt, but I apparently mike wright was was clueing clue in me in that there's actually post-metal bands that are playing oh, really? yeah 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 there's a few and it's just like sludgy you know it's just like the oh, opposite that of that makes so, sense yeah um so i guess sludge could also be called post-metal but i've never heard people say post-metal so i thought i was being either being a being a doofus and making it up but whatever <laughs> um, i was
2: entertained if that helps at all
1: thank you yeah we got one we got <laughs> yeah um yeah man that's cool so mortal and then the blame um i just remember I remember because Dogwood was just before, right before we were turning our name to Dogwood was um, the blame 21 had to come out and we like, we were all about it. And then the, and then the next one was was coming out too. And it kind of had, um, I guess it was right after crucified had like stopped playing their last shows and you got some, yeah. you played with Jeff a little bit and covered a song you know we're like oh this is cool it's kind of like someone actually told me that it was a new crucified record like as a joke i was like oh cool whatever and it's, i mean like it sounds a little different but whatever you know because it didn't sound like 21
2: yeah no we got <laughs> and all, then, well and,
1: and then even after the, that it didn't sound like that one either so no, it's cool you guys kept you were always evolving
2: yeah it was some of that was an accident but the um <laughs> like uh <laughs> not that smart the um 21 when we put it out we got a lot of bad feedback because people are like mortal was so good and then you, you came back and this is what you're doing and that was <laughs> kind of jim had the same thing too of like you did the cruise fight and it was epic and then you did this 21 record i don't get it it was so, fun
1: right it was so yeah. fun um i think people i don't know i i've just come to realize that people i mean i'm not not musicians but the the fans the pe- the public you know the critics yeah. the real critics Our um, peeps. yeah they don't um they don't care if you change they don't care if you do what you want to do they want to hear they want you to they want you to be a certain thing yeah right and obviously you've been doing it for so long now that um i think you're doing your thing and people are like okay they're gonna do that thing <laughs> we're gonna let them do the thing but yeah exactly i like all the iterations and stuff like that and it's always I mean it's kind of always been its like its own sound to some degree um not really copying others or just you're kind of taking in from a, a bunch of other sounds it sounds like to me um in a good way No totally
2: yeah thank you I tried, yeah. I tried. the um like I have my own sets of like standards you know I'm like like cause we're in our I think I'm so I'm about to turn 50 two of the members are already in their 50s
3: Oh wow okay
2: Jefferson is Mid to late forties, but so with having the fifties in the band, like man, if we're not careful, I'll send them the demos, and they'll send it back, and we'll make the most dad rock sounding music in the universe.
1: Yes, and I have to like
2: go back and say, whoa, 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 (laughs) (laughs) we sound pretty geriatric on this one. Let's uh, take it up a
1: notch. So, what does that sound like? What's what is dad core? Are we? Is it like just kind of slow tempo stuff or less?
2: we'll just drag a little bit and just not do drum rolls you know and <laughs> go <laughs> back the distortion down a little
1: oh okay yacht rock um yeah wow that, i can't wait for the blamed yacht rock collection um no. <laughs> <laughs> are, are set? one of your, one your side bad. projects it'll be a side project whatever yeah um how does what is it like to be doing so many bands at the same time like blamed and all the you know left out and satire and every so, well, and so. like
2: left out by retired um along so we merged the bands at one point yeah one iteration of the band which was the more indie rock sounding stuff as people call it um or some people call it the second wave of the band um that was a merger of the left out lineup at the time at it and the blamed
1: okay yeah so there's a,
2: that, yeah that uh, was all chicago people in one lineup
1: chicago indie rock meets the blamed (laughs) yeah
2: kind of well like the bass player and drummer they didn't come from punk or hardcore in that lineup they were like Mm -hmm. super into like blonde redhead and their favorite band was u2 so -hmm. they would constantly have these we would actually fight a lot in that lineup and they would always be arguing with me about how i remember the drummer and i going at it because he'd be like listen, the drummer of U2 never plays the same beat. And I was like, I'm pretty sure he only plays the same beat. (laughs) (laughs) It works both
1: ways.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But those guys were super creative, so playing with them was Mm -hmm. great. I really didn't have to steer them much. That was was always ironic was we'd get in these huge blow-up fights about the three things on a record that I said, I want this way, and they would be like, you hate how we play you're always telling us what to do and i was like man i give you guys the entire record to do whatever <laughs> you yeah. guys want
1: are you are you like the kind of creative leader of the band a little bit or are you kind of I'm, suggest ideas
2: i'm primarily the writer i pretty much wrote every playing song for the most part
1: hey, oh that's cool yeah so do you have certain ones that um you know as your musicians change or whatever, do you know you have certain songs that you know would fit this lineup better or to, anything like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like
2: when Jim and I talk, because we're at the I'm sure you've had this. we're at the the year of like, hey, it's the 25th anniversary of this record or oh, yeah. something.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I think we're at one of those of the uh the second wave or the indie rock stuff. And I've had Jim a few times be like, well, what should we do for playing that stuff and i was like i don't think you can play it <laughs> and <laughs> and jim's like the one of the better drummers out there but it's just yeah. it's almost like a foreign language to him
1: like the your knees your knees and and ankles can't keep up anymore to some no
2: it's not even fast it's that it's, oh. it's almost like too weird for him
1: oh like signature time signatures and such
2: yeah and like because <laughs> like you know they don't that drummer. He was—he reminded me a lot of actually the drummer of the Who, and mm-hmm. you know, so like when Jim goes to play that stuff, he's constantly trying to straighten it out, and I'm like, "Stop it!" And so he just don't end up doing it
1: because it changes the song structure a little bit, like or the energy of the man. You guys do throw some some kind of quote unquote weird timing signatures and different sounds on the guitar and bass in there i don't know if it's with effects or anything like that but it's some. it's a nice change from just the one one two one two three four you know it's uh, there's always something else in there which i can respect the art for i know uh um i think i try to do that on songs sometimes that it doesn't go over well because my art my art mind kind of comes before my musician mind sometimes when i'm doing the songs and it doesn't always go over well but i'm trying to I mean i'm not making the music that you're making i'm making i do like the just words and stuff but like sometimes people don't get it and they they get mad at what i'm saying i'm like well hang on let me blah, blah. you know it's almost like if you have to explain a punchline on a joke it's not funny kind of thing
2: no no totally i love the the same uh, how do you pronounce it didicus yeah yeah i buy like all i buy all that stuff on my band camp it's great
1: oh thank you i appreciate that um yeah that's just. That's just kind of, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, I got something to say, you know, like I'm yeah. trying to, uh, <laughs> but you know, we, as you know, we, uh, it's not cool to stop creating, you know, I want to keep doing that. Yeah. And, um, le- leave a, I want to leave that legacy to, to, at least to my kids that, that I never stopped being an artist and creating and stuff sure. like that, you know, I guess no matter how, how bad or how hard it is to do it. <laughs> but hopefully there's some good quality stuff, content, but, um,
2: but, what do your kids think of it?
1: I think they I think they think it's, like I said that they I mean, they like it. they they uh, mo- most of the wardrobe that they wear is is dogwood shirts and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. they're keeping the legacy alive in that sense. But nice. I think that, I mean, I've tried to show them stuff throughout like um like the whole tooth and nail catalog, at least for my career on it, and um, other other stuff uh, uh, friends that are still playing, um just to sh- show that people. I think people who start creating at such an early age like like you and I started like in you know high school junior high and high school yeah. um I'm like you guys you should start maybe trying to do a band or whatever they're like you know no way or whatever, but they're all really good. They're all really talented. Like my youngest son helps me make beats and music for my podcast. You know, my, my oldest daughter, my only daughter, she plays piano and sings like she's the best musician in the family by far, but she doesn't want to do it. You know, <laughs> it's no, so weird. Cause I'm like, you're so good. It sucks because I was not good when I started and she already has, she already has like three steps ahead of me and maybe even more at this age. Um, uh, for or the age I was when I started and she's already that, that talented. That's not fair. You know, <laughs>
2: but no but my son could care less about playing music Uh and but he's got my sarcasm times 10. so he he will like it's great though i love it to be honest but he's like he'll hear that i'm working on a project and he will be like let me hear it and i'll play it for him and he'll be like that's pretty good and then he'll pull up on his phone the video of us at cornerstone 95 and he'll go but it'll never be that good and i'm always like oh whatever (laughs)
1: Uh, well, at least he's a fan of some some of something you made. <laughs> no, no, he,
2: he actually his favorite song, um, if you're aware of it, is the ballad of the Blamed on the first record. Okay, The acoustic song. That's what he loves the most.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that um, is that the one that's like uh, it, it's like uh, it kind of sounds like like Pearl Jam Alive a little bit.
2: Well, I think Greg ripped off the solo one hundred percent.
1: Okay, that's what, in that okay, song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember like our our guitar player was playing it, and someone was like. Are you playing Pearl Jam or The Blamed? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> which is really funny because you don't really put Pearl Jam and The Blamed together usually. I
2: was so it's funny because <laughs> Greg's a really nice guy, mm-hmm. and he's kind of a, he can be a little spacey sometimes. And a <laughs> record came out; I had never heard that song enough to know there was a collide. Oh. And they, so what happened was that song was originally written as like this Nirvana type mm-hmm. punk song, which we eventually have redone and put out like the original way it went and the um we we recorded the 21 record at the green room in southern california
3: mm-hmm.
2: I, I can't remember what city it's really called costa mesa or something but um yeah the next day we did it in 21 hours yep we literally tracked for 21 hours straight then um if you ever want to make fun of Sonny, cuz he sings on that record mm-hmm. yeah 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 just do that but the um <laughs> <laughs> Sings. but then yeah, so, <laughs> sometimes Sunday started their record the next morning, and they took one of our reels of tape home with them. Oh, which had two songs on it that never came out, and hmm. so we were short enough material for the record, so we went to mix down, we just did the acoustic version of the ballad because I liked the song, okay it, and then um there was some movie that I had seen. I lived at the Newman house at the time, which was this infamous house in Langton <laughs> Beach with <laughs> yeah. all the old school, Tim Mann, Mark Solomon. Mm-hmm. And Mark up, had a movie on one time of this. like. There was this kind of semi-redeeming movie about these like heroin addict kids in Southern California overcoming. Mm-hmm. And it, within it, like one of their friends ODs, and it's playing some real beautiful ambient music, and someone's just doing this ripping solo on it. So when we were going in to do the mix down, Greg was there. I was like, "Hey, will you play a lead over this, these two chords that I wrote that are real, very moody and atmospheric?" And He's like, "Sure." He played. I was like, "Wow, that sounds great." You know, duh. I wonder why. But mm-hmm. so later on, when I made fun of Greg, I was like, "You know, you played the Pearl Jam song." He's like, "I thought it sounded familiar." And I was like, okay. <laughs> "Too late now. It's out." Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Too late now. It's out and it's famous. Um that's really cool
2: (laughs) i know i could tell you these dumb stories all day but that's that's my son's favorite playing song
1: there you go so you you did it it's a mission accomplished you know yeah if we if we can't please them then what's the point um (laughs) no i i i still have it in my in my my desires to i want to write some more songs that are actually for the kids for my kids you know um i have some written i just haven't put them into music into it like a recorded song i mean there are homages here and there and different ones but like strictly directly for you know because because i'm always writing lyrics and poetry and stuff like that but they don't always make it to a track yeah um because i don't i don't want to do it just for the sake of doing it i want to make i want it to be like the perfect uh you know just a good in mesh meshed music and words and stuff uh, like that both
2: children's music
1: Post, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's not quite a, a play school record, but it's like, yeah. you know, um. Well, you know, so so maybe send send me send me some music, and we'll write some songs for our kids, yeah. Children, and we'll call it children's music. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> really, sometimes throw people off.
2: the wheels on the bus go round and round.
1: Yeah, sometimes they don't. You know, sometimes they fall off. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, what what are you listening to these days to like inspire you to write music?
2: Um, I've been listening a lot to the Bronx.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. good one.
2: Um, I really like the new Every Time I Die record. Yes, yes. And then, um, well, I like what I've heard off the new Comeback Kid record.
1: That's so good. It's so good.
2: Yeah, I, I just haven't had time to dive into it yet as much as I want. So
1: it's really funny because. Um, I mean, just knowing that you and I both know their total history and figure four and everything like that, but you can hear some, some, they pull out some of those riffs, like, you know, the old New York hardcore kind of style riffs on that record. I was like, whoa, (laughs) but you know, maybe that stuff's coming back. I don't know, but it was really, cool. that's a really cool, um, I like that record a lot. Um,
2: Yeah, I heard the singles initially, and then I saw it dropped and I haven't had a chance to dive into it as much as I want. I can't um, recommend
1: I, that record enough to people, and you know, um, it, it, I don't know. It's just if you like hardcore, it's a really good one. Yeah, if you like country, it's not a good one.
2: No, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, then I love the Starflyer catalog. So every time they put mm-hmm. something new out, mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying that. Ben, um, I love Billy's Spoken in Tongue. Billy Power Spoken in Tongues records are yeah. really, yeah, really fun to get to be a. You know, like I stay in touch with Billy and yeah. The squad 50 guys and so it's been fun on the behind the scenes we talk engineering and mics and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so they geek out a little bit you know well working Um, at the club i was like the tech guy so like uh, mm -hmm. you know it's fun to have those conversations about
1: did you ever have so did you ever have friends come through and play at your place was it was it um like a venue where you could have people from our you know our scene come and play or is it more like Um, aeg worldwide
2: it was. Well, I was really big country music, Live so nation. sometimes, yeah. like the but it was funny the guy from Pillar, the dreaded guitarist in Pillar. Oh yeah, eventually was playing in a country band and was there, and he recognized me from that world. And ah, okay. Came along. I get that sometimes. Yeah. There's one guy in a band that came through, who knew who I was, and he would say my name with the F word all the time, like F and Brian Gray, and I was like, "Hey," oh. man. and I was remember telling the sound guy, "I'm like." i don't know who that is but he remembers <laughs> me from cornerstone <laughs> i guess
1: <laughs> there you go there you go that's funny um what's what's the next show that like what's the last show or the next show that the, you're gonna play
2: i don't know you know we it was weird we had our more than we've done in a while we had four or five shows lined up and then the pandemic hit right we had a little bit of a buzz about our last record uh, Church is hurting people. I don't uh-huh. know if you're that one or not.
1: Oh, yeah, I listened to that one. So thanks. Um, I like it. Wait, so is it is it the church is is hurting people or is it the church is hurting people?
2: <laughs> it's really like hurting people go to church.
1: Okay, yeah. So the people themselves are hurting.
2: It was designed like I. I like it. I don't. I don't get into politics, but the. So because I don't know how much you're getting this on the podcast because I only got to hear a few episodes, <laughs> but like you and I came from Christian music mm-hmm. and I'm still a believer. Mm-hmm. And so walking into how much politics invaded my social media presence, world, yeah. Yeah. whatever bothered me and how much it polarized Christians. Yeah, totally bothered me. I just felt like our job as the church as these, as a body of believer. I don't think, I don't think we're called to cancel and I don't think we're called to be polarized and I, I also don't have the answer to those if that was a question i don't know the answer i just right that bothered me so i heard that concept in a conversation the church is hurting people and it made me think like i want to call the record this and it has really only to do with polarization really for me as i'm i wanted it to be a call to like like mm-hmm. kind of like how we're supposed to be slow to speak and quick to listen
1: yeah yeah i i I could not agree i could not agree yeah i could not agree more with that um because i definitely went through the same thing and actually in my whole music career people thought i was saying the wrong thing you you know coming from aren't you this aren't you that and you saw that all the time at cornerstone with bands they probably were not christian enough or whatever or not you know the whole thing we don't need to get talked about that again but more like i was always ruffling feathers because i was asking questions or bringing up stuff what about this because i had it because i didn't have a perfect life but we were still in the church and um and i could see that there was i could see that there was a lot of hurting people in the church and that's why we became musicians baby exactly like to say those things
2: there was like a documentary i'd seen on netflix recently and it broke my heart when one of the people they interviewed said it's just sad to me that the church is no longer a safe space. Oh yeah. And I was like, but they're not wrong. You know,
1: they're not, it's sad. It, it, it sucks, you know? And, and some of like the most look up, looked up to church people turn out to be some of the, you know, worst people out there sometimes, sometimes yeah. I, and I always, I always reiterate this in my, when I'm, ranting on this in my podcast is like the church did a lot of great things for me and my family and does continue to do a lot of great things certain people and certain churches do and also there's the ones that you see on tv that are not doing those things and yeah. messing up and me- making making a bad name for you know what's what the good thing is but the butthead's kind of it for all of us in any yeah in most in most industries and everything like that and you know it's just so weird to it's so weird to you know be involved in that scene come from that scene and I I have seen people thrive I've seen people be successful and do good things and and, and do good things in the name and also terrible things in the name of you know the church and stuff like that I don't know it's just hard to like you said polar polarize you know I don't want to be the polarizer but there is it's it's just happening you know obviously with everything yeah Or this and, but, oops did i just say that i don't mean to say that i didn't mean to i didn't mean to offend you by saying yeah. you know the wrong word in history or it's like i'm let's just talk about it educate me and i'll educate yeah. you you know
2: <laughs> well then they talk about like i think clinically at some point they're realizing people are gonna have for real anxiety and, and trauma problems from social media uh-huh. so yeah. then what's our role as the body of believers walking into social media are we creating anxiety for people with our posts? You know, I mean, I I'll get too deep into it, but to me, I'm like, that's, I take that stuff serious.
1: Oh, bring it. Yeah. I like, I love it because I try to explain that to people and they're like, no, I use it as my platform to preach. And I was like, what if it was a platform to listen, you know, or like, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I'm like, take a step back, you know, um, that's, but that's just, again, that's me just kind of being the, 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 the button pusher. And, um, you know, uh pot stir a little bit, like not devil's advocate, but more like, well, I mean, yeah. like <laughs> you could look at it that way, but there's also a million other people looking at it this way. So, you know. Yeah. And I have friends
2: that say they don't even believe I believe anymore because I am like, whoa, I'm not I'm questioning this.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. I know what you mean. They're like <laughs> You believe? Oh, so you don't believe this So that means you're this. And I was like, yeah. so well, you're just busy labeling me and judging me, and I'm over yeah. here. I'm over here doing the work in my community and like you know, yeah, give, you know all the stuff that I'm trying to do you know, for good. And you're over here just kind of calling me out on Facebook.
2: No, <laughs> oh, exactly. That was that was the funny thing working at the club and the venues because again, I was really ingrained in this venue for like 15 years. Yeah, and I was known as the Christian guy, and so. There would be definitely nights where you're like, just getting your butt kicked, and you're, man, I want to just swear and throw things, and and I I'm the Christian guy, so
1: <laughs> you do it at home. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. was kidding. Um, but exactly. though. but in my circ- in a lot of my circles, it, me being the Christian guy, I'm still not. In, in a lot of other circles, I'm the least Christian guy sure you know in some circles well, i'm like they don't even, they're like what you know I'm like uh, you know you don't you don't you're not theological or you're not like sure. you know you don't believe in heaven and hell or like it was just weird random things like well what do we what do we share in common what do we have in common here let's talk about those things and then go from there you know not not the don't start with the polarizing i guess start with the yeah commonalities so like you like punk rock i like punk rock
2: yeah you know? exactly you like
1: food <laughs> i like food.
2: <laughs> well, it's funny because. In the way back when you guys would play cornerstone think of the 90s mm-hmm. i was trying to explain to somebody the other day and they were like they were basically they asked me if i thought i had trauma from my experience in the church and i was like no i do not want to jump on the trauma train i just but i'm saying it was a weird thing in the 90s going from city to city and having these evangelical christian people come to you and just kind of ask you really dumb questions almost you know like you get to the city and they'd be like, Hi, I'm one of the elders here. My name's Josh. You'd be like, Hey, man. And they'd be like, Do you believe in once saved, always saved, or not? And you'd be like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. What does that have to do with feeding the poor, you know, and yeah. helping the sick, you know? So it was just, yeah. But then, like, Cornerstone, I remember with you guys, people would ask me all the time, too. But it just showed the immaturity back then was, mm-hmm. I remember folks even coming to me going, Who's up next? Dogwood. Are those guys Christians? And I was like, <laughs> I think so. I mean, they're. But it was funny because my answer was, well, they're on Noah's seniors label, so uh-huh. he only represents. So probably I'm like, but I was like, because back then I think I only mostly knew you guys as like the goofballs. You guys would come in and yeah, come on around and play and yeah, you know. And but I I didn't. But I also didn't see anything wrong with that either. You know, mm-hmm. I was like. But it's just funny how I do remember that conversation. And then I think fast forward to some of your last year's playing at Cornerstone. And then I remember you guys praying before you played and you sharing from the stage. And I was like, oh, yeah, they are Christians, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, we have to, it's like you have to prove it. To, I know. To, you have to like, if you don't do the altar call or the prayer or whatever, it's like, you know, I don't know. Who, who, but then you know you look look at some of our so many of our contemporaries who'd like just totally disengaged from the whole industry or the scene because totally. of stuff like that, right, and then you know they're still playing, but they're they won't say you know they won't say anything about it because you know the church is full of hurting people or whatever exactly. <laughs> but I always
2: too, the, it's like too they talk you get into the art side, talk about I always had this great art and you guys had integrity, and you were legitimate, so I was like. I never really thought in those terms. I'm like that between them and God, they're here and we're having fun and fellowship and whatever. You know.
1: Thank you. Yeah. If, if only it was that easy, like, you know, if only, you know, cause, cause like I, I mess up all the time, you know, I tell my kids too. like, you know, we mess up. We're, we're not, we're not perfect and we're not supposed to be perfect. And Bob, you know, like it's hard. Don't, don't expect too much from a, a pastor or a church or anything like that, but because they'll, they oh, will lay sure. you down um and and i think people get let down more when they do put those expectations on churches and pastors so um which there should be some some expectations i guess but like you know i don't know it's just it's just hard to also um teach kids these days to kids these days it's it's hard to teach people you know the next generation of how to be in this world because the world's obviously not different than when we were coming up in it and um music and radio and tv that's all like a different uh a different presentation now um you know you got uh <laughs> people slapping each other on tv and like, yeah, I know, yeah. i'm like good um whatever you know whatever it takes to like kind of sell yourself to sell more records or sell more movies or anything like that yeah. and and personally i never did that i never did whatever it takes to sell more records and stuff like that we were just I doing our the, thing
2: exactly you know? i was the same way i was like no thanks
1: yeah um that's and that's kind of the uh, to me that's kind of the punk rock and hardcore stance is like not doing whatever i mean i'm i am i some people would say that they would do whatever it takes but like i i mean keeping your values and standards and stuff like that um yeah to 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 for the most part i think um i don't know but the the industry and scene kind of changed around me and um so i pivoted and moved on into becoming a chef <laughs> you know
2: but i think of the same thing though like take that some of that same application into your your chef world like yeah i imagine you being a christian guy and but having to look people in the eye and go people were behind we have to step it up a notch <laughs> let's go yeah you you you've got to go this you you got to do this i have to do that when i stage manage or mm-hmm. do production i mean at some point i'm like i have to get the job done you know.
1: Oh yeah. It keeps it. You got to keep the integrity of the, of the task at hand. Um, you know, if I'm supposed to make this certain thing, excuse me, if I have to make this certain thing and someone's messing it up or, or if even if it's my personal job to do it, it has to get done. So you do whatever it takes to get that, that, that job, right. You know? Um, and if now do- does
2: your wife love your cooking?
1: Yeah, she does. She she always reminds me that I was not a good cook when we met and yeah <laughs> I had I didn't have any food in the fridge the band was just starting we were I, would, I could but I was always messing around with like how to make the top ramen better or like how to you know how to make your cereal a little bit better or I don't know there's always these little things cuz there wasn't much around to mess with but um but now yeah so if I'm around um if I'm around at dinner time I get to make dinner for everybody and um, I told them like the fun part's over now. The cleanup, the, the cleaning up of the dishes, and the if when you want if you want to make a really spectacular meal, it's gonna be a really spectacular mess. Sometimes, you yeah. Know? Sometimes, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm clean when it's happening, but like there will be dishes, you know. No, like, no I'm not. I, gonna, you know, I no you got to do, do it.
2: <laughs> I cook on weekends. I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this mess.
1: <laughs> Red Solo cups. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, but I I showed them also how to how to kind of keep it clean while you're going and use the same you know maybe one pot for your meal or just different things because um as they get older and they're going to move out they're going to want to learn they're going to want to know some things about you know how to prepare things keep things keep even even store food storage you know that's a thing that the only one talks about like you can't just put that in the fridge like that come on
2: (laughs) do they do the kids have an interest in cooking or no
1: a little bit A little bit. I mean, my son works in a kitchen. Um, He's a a dishwasher, and he wants to learn more about cooking and stuff. And then um, they just, they just, they just. I think they have the interest more because I'm because of what I'm doing. Um, But but I'm trying to also make it interesting by I think that maybe that's even one reason why I do the food and music pairing because I try to make it interesting for them to because I think cooking and and cleaning and kitchen stuff just kind of has a bad name or bad connotation of you know it's a lot of hard work and the payoff is good but there's like just a ton of work before and after the meal just like if the worst example is like a thanksgiving dinner you know or christmas dinner 18 hours of work and then yeah. eat, eat for 10 or 15 minutes and then 18 hours of cleanup yeah <laughs> something like that and
2: how do you fit the nap in there
1: exactly i'm like i'm like how can we can we change this a little bit do we have to have yeah. three kinds of stuffing and like can we just do something different you know um, I mean, I don't even really want to celebrate Thanksgiving. You know, can we just eat like tamales or something? You know,
2: <laughs> I. Well, it's funny because I grew up. My mom hated Thanksgiving, so we a lot of years went to Disneyland.
1: Yeah, I've heard about like I go on the holiday. It's like a little bit better yeah. sometimes.
2: Well, nobody was there, and we would just <laughs> yeah, get people. Nobody's was, there. So that was my Thanksgiving most of my life, and I, I way preferred that to the mess.
1: Oh yeah, no cleanup. <laughs>
2: and then no when cleanup. I was. Um, when I was married and my kid was younger, we would do the Thanksgiving hoorah. And it was like, oh, the club would always have a show every year that went from <laughs> nine at night till six in the morning, the night before oh. Thanksgiving. So I would get home and just be toast. Right. Yeah. And then I'd be like, well, oh, you got to start getting ready for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I was like, I can barely see straight. Like,
1: I'll pass, <laughs> I'll eat
2: the leftovers. <laughs> yeah. But I was the cook. So oh, I, oh, okay. I didn't have a choice. So it was like, all right. You know, and your kid was little then, so he was like, yeah. excited about making a mess with dad or whatever. So I was like, all right.
1: <laughs> we taught him that. Um, what, what's uh, did you ever work in a food job in the food industry hospitality?
2: No, but well, what's interesting on the food stuff for me was both venues are integrated to like, So the smaller dive bar venue I worked at, it was also a sports bar for like the weeknights. Hmm. So they had a killer pizza and wings and bar burgers. Okay. And then the larger venue was actually connected to like a four-star barbecue restaurant.
3: Oh, okay.
2: Like they throw a country festival every year called the Windy City Smokeout, where they bring barbecue people in from all over the country
1: fun and you had to kind of uh do concerts while they were cooking you're just smelling smelling the barbecue all the time like
2: <laughs> yeah well interesting enough i never went to the festival because we always had the after parties at the venues so okay. i was like they're like you need to run the venues these nights i was like okay
1: <laughs> so you never got to well what kind of food do you think would pair with one of your blamed records like t- say for example like germany or again you know the mid, mid-range mid blamed
2: so like nachos definitely for again <laughs> is that what you were eating on the road or something <laughs> no i just um i liked it with nachos that's just like throw it all in you know
1: Oh okay yeah it's all whatever you want to put on top
2: yeah you know like i, I mean how awesome are pulled pork nachos versus very good you know, just cheese not in guacamole nachos or something, you know?
1: <laughs> I mean, there's a time and a place. There's a time and a place for, the, for both, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then what? Which, which of your album or songs would you pair with, like, tour pizza? <laughs> mm. <laughs> On tour pizza, you know? The kind you get, like, almost every night at the venues, and, you know?
2: Back, you know, it's funny. We're from the back then. We were given spaghetti more than...
1: I had some of those tours, too, yeah. yeah. The pasta, yeah um pasta and lemonade yeah (laughs) country time
2: (laughs) i know i'm trying to think of what the most bland blame song is (laughs) but um, i
1: didn't mean like that i meant like no i know but that's what it's your your pizza comes to mind yeah oh yeah okay i guess i meant more like you know it's like your go-to and like it's people are going to expect it at every show and you know um and you're definitely the
2: song for you
1: and you guys are going to be sick of it, yeah. <laughs> yes. For you, uh, that was... Did you sing that or Jeremy? Both. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and then he was... He drummed on that record, right?
2: Just saying. Jim, for you, we recorded on the Helpless Amongst Friends call. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I first... sang it. Okay. And then Frail, we did it again. And Jeremy and I both sing it, but it's Got mostly it. Jeremy. Got it. And then... um jim played drums on all those records
1: oh yeah okay Oh, jeremy sang jeremy sang on frail with with you and then he went to play music in another i can't yeah,
2: remember. We, i never met him jeremy from deliverance he was drumming for deliverance
1: oh
3: got he it
2: sang for us and then he quit us to drum for staves acre.
1: oh that's okay that's what it was i, I never met him so i couldn't keep track of his all of his movement but um I just I only knew Deliverance a little bit because their guitar player was in San Diego for a while. Um, John, yeah, exactly. Um, so North County, this was so that's where we were from. So that's kind yeah. of the connection we had. Two Deliverance, and then they played with they played with uh, Crucified when we yep. we put sh- my church ended up putting a huge show on in this in San Diego with them um, and Die Happy and um, yeah. Applehead and. So, so there, everybody was there um, from that scene. But anyways, yeah. Pizza. The irony
2: is when the crucified <laughs> broke up, John was supposed to replace Greg Minier. Oh, weird. Okay. He looks just like him, back then at least. Yeah. And then, yeah, first Greg was going to step down and they were going to keep the band going with John. And then they threw the towel in on that one. So The blamed. <laughs>
1: And then tell me what tell me exactly in your mind what the blamed means. What is what do you think about the name?
2: I was written, it came up from the original bass player. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was from I'm paraphrasing, but blessed are you and people persecute you and my name.
1: Okay. So like kind of taking the blame for believing and stuff. What about the satire?
2: Um that- doesn't i don't even know if there's a meaning behind that name
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh i didn't know if it was like you're you know writing about satirical sounding things in the world right now or because no, you know, everything's a joke you know
3: yeah like... no
2: seriously yeah no <laughs> we were when the blame stopped i stopped doing the blame for a while because i joined living sacrifice right and then living sacrifice tanked before i could really join the band okay like i was on tour with them and mm-hmm. I would play Reject Live a few times. Mm-hmm. And then when that tour ended, Bruce was leaving and we were starting the tour with me and Corey. And then we broke up at Cornerstone, Florida. Oh. And then um, there was just a lot of problems going on in her workings in the band. And Lance just basically sat us all down and said, I don't want to do it like this. And we just, I, I was in the same boat, like, yeah, this is not, I want to spend time away from my family and we yeah. just stopped and so i started the satire with lance but i didn't have a name for it yet mm. and because i worked at cornerstone they were like do you want to play cornerstone yes okay what's your band called we'll just call it the brian Gray project and i was like no i don't want my name on that <laughs> um but so we played for the first two years as the Blamed Is dead
3: mm-hmm. okay
2: and then we even had t-shirts and crap made and then my uh the guy singing at the time said, I want to call the band the satire. And I was like, Great. You're the singer, pick it. And that was what we did.
1: All right. There you go. So it's uh, so it's not too far off from from the blame. Um, it's just a little bit different, a little bit more um, or less blame less less the blamed, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well it's like my yeah. hardcore band. Yeah. I love heavy music. Mm-hmm but i'm not the greatest at playing and writing it mm. i don't think so and then the satire is like the got a little bit of the bath metal from like uh the stuff lance and i were working on and uh and then it's kind of my punk rock it was actually funny one of the first satire shows we played when we started going to the moniker this rad show in indiana a bunch of folks came out and after we played this one guy came up to me and he goes hey have you ever heard of this band called the blamed and i was like what and he goes i don't want to defend you i just didn't know if you heard of him you guys sound a lot like him there you go
1: (laughs) there you go you're like we
2: did it (laughs) thanks yeah no it was the opposite i was like son of a god (laughs)
1: yeah (laughs) oh you didn't want to okay (laughs) yeah Um, hey i think you know your music's always gonna show forth when you're writing like i'm trying not to sound like i'm trying not to sound too much like dogwood per se or dogwood 2.0 or whatever but like it's it's gonna come out of me because that's that's me you know it's my voice and sing you know if i collaborate on uh watashiwa song or or hangnails whatever it's like i'm gonna sound like me you know
2: <laughs> i mean i hear your voice yeah i guess i the funny thing i listened to i think it was as the story girls podcast with you you all played a bunch of your songs where you sing really aggressive yeah And I was like, man, I want a compilation of those songs.
1: (laughs) I'll I'll make you a, I'll make you a a mixtape of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, we have, I guess I have a couple of different registers in my, my, uh, you know, my head voice and my nose voice and my throat and my gut and whatever. But I think it depends on the energy of the music and, you know, For sure. like if there's some blame songs that I sing too, or where, where I think that you're, yeah, I think you have a couple of different voices yourself, you know? Um, we all have a bunch of voices, yeah. um, but like, I just plays to the place, the energy of the song.
2: You know? Sure. No, it makes sense. I mean, I, I'm not a vocalist. I sing, but I'm not a vocalist. So I, ah. I always appreciate and love a good vocalist.
1: Well, I also couldn't sing Br- Bruce's songs, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I would, I would never try to. I mean, maybe I would cover like something, uh, but in a different way. I wouldn't. I could never sing like that, you know. Um, well, I shouldn't say that, but I, I have never tried, and never, I never thought I could because I just said he's doing that, you know. He's he's doing it well. Let him let him do it, you know. And I and I also don't sing like Mike from Like he sings yeah. like that, and that's that's the style. So and i think that's one reason why we weren't maybe we weren't always uh as as popular is cuz we didn't try to sound like another band or um yeah. at least at least a more like poppy sound or something like that and it didn't hit, really hit with everybody <laughs> but we had a we had a thing now we could no, play with the blame. The we could the play with the blame because yeah that yeah, exactly. aggressive aggressive hardcore kind of you say you're not political but it's kind of a stance of like or it's kind of like, hey, look at it this way. Look at this perspective of, yeah, you know, like the church is hurting people. That's that can be offensive if you let it be, or it could make you think. Yeah. It could hopefully open your ears to and eyes to what's what's really going on, like not just everything's lot everything's perfect and is, or some some uh, people are like it's a battle. Everything's a battle. I'm like, yeah. Let's just let's live. Let's be together. Yeah. <laughs> like,
2: but but your sigh right there says it all.
1: That uh, is really. Yeah yeah, yeah. i on. do a lot of sighing and eye rolling yeah. and and it and it shouldn't be like that but i've kind of always done sighing and eye rolling at people it's like hey calm it down a little take it back yeah. step. pump the brakes a little bit i got a I got a record to listen to you know um <laughs> is that dogwood shirt you're wearing is that like one uh from the olden days or is that a, like a recent when i did that fundraiser for the
2: the fundraiser
1: okay cool that was that was good we that was very helpful. People helped raise like almost a grand for this local charity that I was working with. So that's really cool. Um, just to be able to, just be able to kind of continue to do that through friends and fans and stuff like that. You know,
2: I honestly was just stoked to get a dog. With <laughs> they're
1: hard to come by. I mean, for, they're hard to come by.
2: I, I'm all about supporting charity, but I was definitely like, I want a dog shirt. That's great. <laughs> I'm at that age.
3: I would just give anyone.
2: All my friends collect vinyl. And I collect band t shirts.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I've run out of space for t shirts. So, um, I always have to like get, get rid of them, go g- give them to people. But um, why don't, well, you, should, you should leave me with something you've learned over the years. Like what's in, some nuggets of wisdom or something from your family or what you've learned in the, in the industry or playing? I don't know. Just tell me, give me some <sighs> wisdom.
2: Well, I'll tell you what's been on my heart recently. It's almost dark, but it's not meant to be. Sure. is in january the original bass player of left out passed away from oh. like he had he, he had cancer and we oh, all okay. knew it was good coming eventually and then just read but he, we were him and i were really close mm-hmm. but he had a kid i had family he was on the west coast when i go to my parents i'm only there for three days mm-hmm. i don't really get to connect with people i've Trying to just see my family when I can, and then just recently, in the last two weeks, um, my friend Jason, who was one of the seniors in S.O. Karras and the Anchek murders, passed away as well. Oh man! And he was someone I used to stay in touch with and really cared about. And a long time ago, I changed phones, lost his number, and it was always on my like I got to get hold of that guy,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: I never did. And I think just because we're getting older in our age, we have to just get hold of those people
3: because there's
2: a point where i just realized like well now i can't call that guy ever again you know right
1: yeah So stay and stay in touch as uh much as you can with your loved ones and friends and
2: yeah the folks because i think there's people we really care about that we just we're assuming there'll be more time and not to go dark sure you know it's a reality memories yeah it's a
1: reality it's a reality um as we as we as we approach this age for sure yeah
3: yeah
1: dang well i'm glad we got to connect then because you never know you know there there was a point a couple of weeks ago where people were like i need to we need to talk to everybody for the last time because world war three i was like bro world war three has been happening for
3: 20 yeah, no. <laughs> years
1: you know there was, world war three has been happening since like bible times you know like um exactly but yeah man i'm glad we got to do that and then um i'll i'll I'm gonna play some of your music at the end, of course. So, like you, you can suggest any songs or anything like that. Um,
2: well, so you know, we're redoing the 21 record. I don't know if you knew that.
1: I did. I saw. I saw you did one so far on SoundCloud. Yes.
2: Right? Um, I could send you that song if you want to.
1: Yeah, man. Whatever you that. want. Um, I'll I'll pick one. You pick one, and then we'll I'll do some food pairings with it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's <no>, great. <laughs> okay. My other uh, food pairing would be. Uh, yeah. Barbecue only because mm-hmm. the blend is so slow. <laughs>
1: oh <laughs> slow and low i like it
2: Just how you have to slow cook like to properly smoke brisket right you have to slow cook it
1: it's usually the norm yes yeah, to I, i've never seen anyone cook it less than like like 12 hours know. yeah
2: yeah <laughs> ribs or whatever you have to you yeah. can cook ribs faster but i've heard the proper way is to smoke them
1: any kind of bar yeah any kind of barbecue meat is always going to be better like slow and low and that kind of stuff so
2: if we're just we're, we just take forever to finish our projects
1: so we're like i'm i'm the same these days you know because because we're all over the place but i feel yeah. Now,
2: when i see videos from like our smoke out i see the guys with the tongs spinning ribs on open fire uh-huh. yeah what is that
1: I mean, they're just literally just, they want to turn it so it doesn't burn one side only. They want to get the char and, you know, all the flavor on both sides, maybe drip off some of the juices and extra sauce. Unless if you leave the sauce on the ribs while they're on there, the sugar will burn. So you got to kind of maintain it a little bit. You don't want to overdo it, but.
2: But is there a fast way to cook ribs or not really?
1: Not really, no. <laughs> no, nope. You gotta it's gotta be at least a two hour, two two to three hours at least if you're you know, just grilling it. So gotcha. smoking, smoking is even longer because it's lower temperature.
2: I've only done it on the grill, a pie, close the lid. Uh-huh. I'm talking charcoal and it took yeah. I think four hours and it was great.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there's ways to make it faster if you like pre do some stuff in your kitchen, you know, boiling or baking, but that's blasphemy to some people, you know.
2: Yeah. Don't and blaspheme was- the ribs. I was supposed to, um, hijack your podcast with asking <laughs> about, hold on. I have it in my phone cause I can't pronounce it. Wagyu.
3: Oh yeah. wagyu. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Have you, cause you've cooked for some pretty big cats probably at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Experienced that kind of steak
1: oh yeah i use i do use a little bit of that in my kitchen right now um for some of our some of our foods at, at harvest kitchen but it's very it is very expensive meat yeah you know, as far as meat goes it's 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 good it's very tender because it's a, like a, a like the marbling of the fat and everything like that it's going the right way but um it's not always, it's not always, I don't think the best bet, you know, cause it's like definitely expensive. It's an experience to, to try. If you're getting like a filet or maybe even a burger or something like that, it's going to be a little bit different, but, um, yeah. Who, who asked you that Jim?
2: No, <laughs> <laughs> I think I was talking to it's someone you don't know, my friend Scott. Okay. He's, um, he was a paramedic EMT back in the day mm-hmm. and he would volunteer at Cornerstone with me. Oh, okay. Like to make sure kids were safe yeah and then, um and then we stayed in touch over the years mm-hmm. but you you take for granted touring, I went from touring straight to living in a Christian community mm-hmm. for like twelve plus years, right, where they everything was cafeteria style, oh, okay, so you know, I never really learned how to cook, right, so well, like, the, yeah, my friend Scott he he sends me cookbooks and recipes and like. Oh, there you go. Yeah, The other day I was trying to make a, it wasn't a pork shoulder. Now I can't remember what it was, but in my crock pot. And he was, I told him, I was like, it says I have to cut an onion for this. And instantly my phone rang and he got on the video chat and was walking me through how he wants me to cut my onions.
1: Oh, nice. There you go. Like a,
2: no, it's a great, he's a good friend. So we were talking, I was talking to him about how I had seen that in the movie, The Gentleman. I'm a movie guy. Yeah. And there's a point in the Guy Ritchie film, The Gentleman, mm-hmm. where they're talking about his crazy barbecue he built, and <laughs> for cooking these really expensive steaks.
1: The the, the wagyu, yeah, it's like so wagyu. Yeah, you, 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 can get, right? you can get you uh, can get. I mean, you can get some pretty decent stuff that's not that not wagyu always, but if you if you can get a hold of it for and you have the the means with which to to purchase it, then you should try it sometime just to, just to know. But um. There's some places where it sells for a ridiculous amount of money, you know. Like it looks
2: the, expensive, yeah. I, it is expensive.
1: I buy this <laughs> stuff on
2: the sale <laughs> bin when I get a steak.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's other, but there's other quality mm, mm, styles out there that are uh, just not that name brand. That's a name brand. You yeah. Know, it's, oh, also, it's a gotcha. It's a, it's a way they that's the way they raise them and and do the process them and stuff like that. So it is still a process, but it's it's a definitely a name brand, just like you know, Jidori and, but, chicken or whatever.
2: But you got to cook it a few times
1: yeah we we do use some of some of the cuts in the kitchen, yeah, I don't use all the cuts because it would be too expensive, but it works sure. for some things, yeah
2: now yeah. I can't remember are you vegetarian or no?
1: no, I'm not, but um i I do I try to incorporate a lot of that into my diet as when possible vegan and vegetarian, not not going strictly that, but adding that to we have we do a lot of that cooking in the kitchen, it's on our menus. Because we yeah, do a lot of special diet stuff like keto and paleo and stuff like that, but I always like to remind people that it's a real privilege in America to be able to choose your diet. You know, to to all the a lot of the people that I've worked with or like other countries have been to, they don't choose; they just are vegan because they're poor, you know, or whatever, yeah. or they're they're paleo because they only have a, this animal on the farm, or you know what I mean. Like, it's being able to choose your diet such a privilege, you know. And nobody know. realizes that, you know. So I I, I understand that, and I want to teach that, but I don't think that vegan a vegan lifestyle is necessarily my thing because um i just feel like i need more i need more a lot more variety than that um in my in my life i understand everything about it and um you know the industry and stuff like that but it's a hard it's a hard discussion to have with with in the in the chef industry you know
2: (laughs) no i bet well i just because i follow you on facebook i think i've seen you talk about vegan and vegetarian food Uh uh-huh but then I'll, the next one will be you cooking carne asada. So I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I do it at, all. I do it but all." you're at home though, so I'm like, <laughs> "I think he's eating that one." So we
1: do. I, we 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 are omnivores, and um, but I, we do underst- I understand and teach the value of b- both vegetarian and vegan lifestyles, and and the uh, the the repercussions of the meat industry and everything like that. So I, sure. I totally uh, don't. I totally don't. Um, negate all that stuff that that it is, it, but I'm not also not extreme in any of my beliefs on that.
2: No, I, I was raised vegetarian by my mom, yeah, uh-huh. because she's a dead-ed dead hippie, <laughs> yeah. So, like growing up for me, I ate Mexican food vegetarian, yeah, exactly. was so a I ton to, yeah. When I moved to Chicago, that was kind of unheard of. Most right. of the restaurants they, they sell horrible vegetarian, yep, Mexican food, and then same with Italian food, we always grew up eating it without meat. So I, mm-hmm. I like it that way. Just fine. It tastes. As long as you great. can make it
1: good. Right. Yeah. yeah. If it's good, it's good. Um, there's a lot of people just don't like the connotation of the word vegan sometimes, but there's, if they think about it, like, Oh yeah, I guess that's vegan, you know, like peanut jelly sandwich is vegan. So stuff like, you know, yeah. <laughs> so now, what's depends. your,
2: what's your kid's favorite thing you cook?
1: Uh, my son well, really wants to get into uh, become an expert at ribs. My, oh yeah, middle, yeah, yeah, and then the little one literally like charcuterie boards, cheese boards, yeah, because <laughs> of the maybe the variety. You know, we share ADHD together, so we're like, yeah, yeah. look at all, the, look at all those colors and fun stuff. Um, but
2: do they have like a, <laughs> a? Do you have like a like? It's gonna be the the kids are gonna get fed tonight. They want like my kid was always pizza, so it's easy. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, there's there's um. I think they're all different. My, my middle son who really wants to do the ribs. He's also, he's, um, uh, he is by he's medically gluten-free and dairy-free. Gotcha. So, so we have, a we have a special, you know, I always have to make something a little bit on the side for him or, um, cause so basically a lot less pizza for him, you know, cause that has everything and, and he yeah. can't do garlic. So a lot of Italian foods, a lot of, like a lot of the, uh, out of the way, a lot of it, I know how to make the substitute stuff but um so we do and then um but they really like they all like tacos a lot you know we do a lot of tacos here in san diego that's my favorite yeah.
2: tacos, <laughs> tacos are eat. the
1: best they're the best yeah pizza and then of course everyone likes ice cream so
2: yes you have to make that
1: <laughs> exactly um so we're we do it all we, we try to make a variety of things you know
2: i just follow you online did i i like i said i've had to kind of learn how to cook Uh-huh. I'll watch what you're doing. And I'm like, Oh man, that looks interesting. Or that looks <laughs> sometimes I'll Google the things you're cooking. And
1: <laughs> I guess I should just send you some recipes or something or some video, yeah. you know, at least you do a cooking video or something, but, um, no, I'll, I will, uh,
2: yeah, I'll, make I'll come up with some cheese. stuff. Yo, there was a guy in Chicago who we became friends with. Huh? He, his name was Doug. He ran a hot dog place called hot dogs.
1: Oh yeah. Hot dogs. Yeah. Mogan told yeah. you about
2: that. And so they, um, and he would have like the craziest concoctions. Stuff. I love that. He had rattlesnake and boar and oh wow, elk and he's like that. an '80s music guy. Okay, so he thought the idea that I worked at this country venue was great. So I'd go in there for lunch, and he would always he he had a thing where he he helped every customer. Mm-hmm. He never went to the bathroom. <laughs> if he couldn't help the customer, then he shut down. Whoa like if he was going on vacation, there'd be signs up, like we're not open next week on these days. Cause I'm going out of town. I like and, that. Uh, <laughs> it was really cool, but he, and he was a total s- smart mouth in a good way.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So he would like, but so you always want to talk to me about who'd you have at the club this weekend? And I would just, It's always the same answer like country music and he'd be like, I'm so sorry. And then he would <laughs> help me with my lunch, but he had memorized. Cause I'm not a spicy food guy. So he would memorize and tell me like, "Oh yeah, you don't want the crawfish, because man, I put some kick in that."
3: And
1: oh yeah,
2: try this. And the elk is always real hearty and good. Yeah, I was always like, "Okay,
1: that's cool." That's what it takes to be a a successful restaurant. Those to know everybody. Yeah, that's what that's what it works for any restaurant owner for sure. (laughs) Man, are you coming out to California at all?
2: Uh, not. For a minute but yeah. i want to at some point
1: yeah bill, bill power just came out um for, oh, for right. a conference but did um, you see him i didn't get to I, was, I actually was in mexico at the time that's but, right um, <laughs> um but yeah I'll, I'll send you some some recipes maybe some pairings and stuff like that and then we'll get it going from there and, and maybe we can write some songs together
2: i would love to do that
1: yeah I love that kind of stuff and by
2: the way your your vocals on that crucified cover were my favorite <laughs>
1: Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that's crucified definitely my, my first inspiration for singing like that. So that um, I was, I was stoked to be uh, asked to do that. Um That was really fun. I want to do more of those, you know? Um, yeah. So whenever Same. those come They're up, I'll say, whenever do. those come up, I say yes, you know, and that, and that lineup in particular was, was a, was a good lineup too. So <laughs> oh yeah,
2: because I'm, I'm Jim's tech guy. Mm-hmm. So I was helping him behind the scenes with some of the stuff he was working with. Oh, cool. Okay. So when at one point he told me, he would sent me the roughs or something, and I was like, dude, who's singing that chorus? It sounds great. And he was like, the guy from Dogwood. And I was like, oh, wow. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. It means a lot. Um, I mean, I just have fun. I, whenever I have fun, you can, can kind of hear it in the singing, you know? Yeah. So, um, but be sure to check out, if you check, haven't heard the new one yet, the new track is a little bit more kind of indie post-hardcore that we did. Yeah, I
2: have it. It's really good.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Um, with Joe Joe and it's funny. It's just fun to do some stuff that's maybe a little different sounding. Um, even if it sounds the same. <laughs>
2: you no, know, well you got all those same thing, you got all those hot shots. I mean, Mike is such a good guitar player and uh-huh. yeah. Stuff like that. So I mean you're you're set. <laughs> but I'm always down
1: to if you want to if you send me anything, I'll I'll definitely record something, yeah. You know? Um we can just have fun with it or Are you guys on a label right now? Or Indivision, Independent?
2: No, I mean, Indivision, we still put that out ourselves. We just gave it to Brandon also. Oh, okay. okay. Because he was just such a friend and he wanted it. I didn't, we wanted to, this could make me sound nice for him. He wanted to put it out. Mm -hmm. He reached out to me and said, what would it cost for me to put this out? And I said, we're going to put it out. Let's put your name on it and I'll send you a box of records.
1: Oh, I see.
2: Just because I knew some of the stuff going on with him and his wife with their health issues. And I was like, I don't want a red scent from you at all. Yeah. Like, you do the family thing. I'm real big on family. Yeah. Like, the, the old school Christian concept of family first. I still live and die by that. You know, it's
1: just. Yeah. It's the family cast, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, no, but I love
2: seeing you, you and your kids, like skateboarding and stuff. I think. That stuff is great.
1: I just, I'm just trying to have fun, like, you know, because so, I'm not, so I, know I don't work, work to death. And then, you know, well, they're at
2: that age, though, where it's, they're yeah. fun to do stuff
1: with. Exactly. Yeah. They, they can drive me around too.
2: <laughs> yeah. How old's your daughter? She's the oldest.
1: She's 18 now. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah my, she's the oldest.
2: My son's about turned 21 and he's, same thing. I mean, I remember at 18 taking him to Riot Fest. And, yeah, just, you know, we were having fun.
1: That's a good, that's a good thing to do. I would love to go to Riot Fest with my kids, yeah. <laughs> but I got to get to the kitchen, man.
2: No, no, um, I'm just, sorry to keep you this long. No, that's yeah. fine.
1: We'll, we should, we could do it again. But um, I just ran out of time this morning, you know? No, um, you're good.
2: <laughs> Trust me, I'm going back to bed. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, sleep tight.
1: Sleep with I you. will. Sleep, sleep, have some sweet dreams. Talk to you soon.
2: All right, man. Good talking to you.
1: Bye okay <laughs> my people what did I tell you just a good solid human being right there Brian gray thank you so much for coming on the episode um, like I said I had just discovered the blamed when my own band my own musical career was just burgeoning just just the little blossom bud of a punk rock uh, career and the blamed came early into that scene for me um, yeah that was uh that was a fun episode episode conversation because that was just a been uh it's been far too long since i've talked to brian and and like he said he i only used to see him once a year but uh he he, we follow each other so it's good to do stuff like that like he said to keep keep in touch with people if you will right so i am gonna play i'm gonna play a few songs like a couple at least two maybe three who knows he's got he's got a lot of music to choose from so i definitely want to play once from his latest record and then uh, he, has, he sent me a single from his band, The Satire, which is more hardcore stuff. So definitely want to play at least those two. And But before I do that, I wanted to... Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for rating. All that kind of stuff. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, I do have a contest happening right now with GrumpyChefShop.com. That's the knives that I'm currently cutting stuff with including my little fingers. I'm just kidding. I haven't cut my fingers yet with them, but they are very sharp. And if you want to use code FAMCAST, F-A-M-C-A-S-T, at their website, you can save 15% off of your whole order, no matter what it is, big or small, they'll hook you up. Um, Also, I wanted to say big shout-outs to everyone who is currently helping me spread the word about the show. Word is getting out. Numbers are growing the playlists are fun to do and the guests have been fun to do and uh it, it's only the beginning you know I, this was a pandemic project but it's still it's still got a lot of room to move a lot of room to grow and i still got a lot of chefing to do so more cooking videos and all that kind of stuff so help me spread the word get the word out i'm on instagram at the family cast i'm um, um i am on patreon.com forward slash family cast so you can find there you can subscribe to the show you want an easier way without a subscription you can go to buy me a coffee dot com forward slash punk chef and just leave me a tip there thank you for the support thank you i'm also on venmo at joshua j-o-s-h-u-a-c-k Hit me up. I mean, you can find all these links in the show notes and also on the Instagram bio at linkter.ee forward slash familycast. There's a whole bunch of links. There's a link to the to the YouTube channel where I put stuff like cooking demos and hot sauce tastings with The Undertaking and all kinds of other fun stuff. That might be it for today. So once again, thanks to Brian. Thanks to The Blamed. We'll, we'll see you in the contest. See you in the on the internets, on the interwebs. If you're on Instagram, send me a, dis, a DM. Uh, excuse me, I almost said district manager, but that's DM in, a, in another world. But district manager, I'm sorry, direct message on Instagram. Sorry, at, at the family cast. And also, uh, be sure to subscribe. If you're just listening to this, make make sure to hit subscribe and share it and all that kind of stuff because i uh, that gets the that gets it out in front of other listeners when they're looking for food uh, shows about food shows about music that kind of stuff. Maybe this maybe this pertains to both audiences and all, and one at the same time. Okay, then, are you tired of me talking yet? Because I'm kind of getting tired of talking. But, anyways, <laughs> it's time for some music. Uh, I'm gonna play. I decided yes, I am going to play three songs because Brian literally has so many songs to choose from, and I am going to take you on a journey through Brian's catalog. One song by The Blamed from their album Frail, and the song is called Weakness. It's a, it's a. That whole album is a, is a banger, a ripper, and it was a very, it was more on the hardcore side of The Blamed, which is, I don't know. Anyways, I'm not going to go through the whole history of the band because it's a really long one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this, this the first song will be called "Weakness." Uh, warning! This next this last part of the episode that you're listening to is going to get loud. And punk rock and hardcore all at the same time. So if you don't like that, then I'll see you next time. But if you do, stick around. You're gonna like these songs. Okay, the first one's "Weakness" from Frail. The second one is uh, by his uh, one of his bands called The Satire. We were talking about it a little bit, but it's more of a it's more of a hardcore band for sure. Hardcore punk, just hardcore in general. So. Not as melodic, but still awesome songs. It's definitely a, uh, a ripper of a song, right? It's called The Common Cold. It's from side A of like a single they put out. <laughs> they put out a splitty P with a Blamed, actually. And finally, I'm going to pick an appropriate song to end this particular episode. Thank you for listening so much to The Family Cast. I'm Chef Josh. And the last song of today is going to be from The Blamed's latest release, The Church Is Hurting People. The song is called I Guess This Is Goodbye. So say hi to your loved ones. Tell everyone that you are still around and and doing well. And keep your nose clean. That's what my grandma used to say. And uh, I'll uh, see you sometime. Come by the kitchen. I'll make you some lunch. I promise, okay? Or maybe you can make me lunch. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Anyways, I am done. So ciao, ciao. i'm back sorry i'm sorry i forgot to say something during the episode i wanted to say thank you thank you to everybody who heard or downloaded or bought or shared the new saint Didacus track this was all it was in the last episode's playlist and um it's out. It's everywhere. It's on YouTube for a lyric video and you can get it on Bandcamp. You can stream it but 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 people have been doing that. So thank you. We were able to raise a little bit of money for charity, so I appreciate that support. And Saint Didicus has some new tracks in the works. We'll get those out as soon as possible. So thank you for following along with that following my musical journey when I'm not collaborating with other artists like Brian or Seth from Watashiwa stuff like that. I'm doing St. Didica's. So anyways, thank you for that. Uh, shout out to Danny and Joe and Mike for writing the song for me, with me, all that collaboration stuff. So thank you. Thank you to everyone who listened to that. Now I am really going to end this episode with a quote, a movie quote from a classic martial arts film by none other than Bruce Lee himself. Fist of theory, the Chinese connection. And the quote is a part of a scene uh well go watch the movie but this is a a quote about blame so i'll end it with that talk to you next time
0: who could have done such a thing
2: well whoever it was they're gonna blame it on us how can they blame us we're all totally innocent
0: yeah god only knows Thanks for listening to The Family Cast.